Well, good evening, Grace Church. Hey, it is great to see everybody tonight. Welcome. So glad you're here tonight. Turn to somebody, give them a smile, tell them you're glad to see them on campus. And those of you joining us on Facebook Live and live stream, we're so glad you've chosen to make this service part of your evening. And we know that it's going to be a blessing to you. So welcome. God bless you tonight so much. Why don't we stand together? And uh, we're just going to take a minute tonight to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and enter into his courts with praise and invite his presence here tonight. Would you do that with me for just the next couple of moments? Jesus, we praise you. We stand here tonight, Lord, with so much to be thankful for. Lord, the moving of your spirit, Lord, what you did here on campus on Sunday, Lord, the, the challenge, Lord, to grow, to be more, Lord, the, the wooing of your presence to draw closer. We thank you for it, Lord, and Lord, we're here tonight with expectation. We come again, Lord, wanting to touch the hem of your garment, wanting to be touched by you, God, and so we give ourselves to praise, to thanksgiving, Lord, even if it's been a, a tough day, a tough week already, Lord, tonight we're in your presence. We're in a place where we can give you praise for your goodness, Lord, and because you are God. Lord, have your way in this service tonight, we pray in Jesus' name. Now would you just clap your hands to the Lord, lift your voice. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus. Praise your name, Lord. You're worthy, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. You may be seated. Thank you so much for your sensitivity to the presence of God and I just believe God's going to do something great here tonight. Amen. Amen. Can I get a good amen on that one? I try not to ask for amens too often, but I think that one was worthy of an amen. Let me tell you about a couple of things coming up. Of course, we're kind of like right in the middle of our 21 days of sacrifice, pretty close right here to the halfway point. Thank you for your commitment, for your dedication. Keep keep it up, um, and we're just going to continue to seek God's face through this time of of uh, sacrifice and prayer, and I believe that God is going to do some great things. So God bless you for that. It will officially end. You see on the graphic there, January 22nd is the, is the last day of the 21 days of sacrifice. Pastor made a beautiful presentation on Sunday regarding our Connect Group launch for this semester, and uh, we're excited about it. To echo what he said last semester was tremendous. It was a wonderful, wonderful success. And so I'm happy to, to uh, remind you tonight of what Pastor said Sunday, January 22nd, after the altar service that Sunday, will be our Connect Group Fair for the spring semester right over in the Alexander Center. So um, if, you're a, if you already know you want to do a Connect Group, you need to be thinking about that, thinking about how you're going to set up your exhibit and all of those things. If you know that you're interested in joining a Connect group, you're going to want to be mark that date on your calendar and be ready to look at all the options and see which one you would like to be a part of. So January 22nd is the key date, uh, Connect Group Fair in the A Center after altar service. Final announcement, we announced it Sunday, February 26th, will be the uh, Ladies' Tea held at the Cottage Tea Room, and that's going to be from 2 to 5 p.m. That's a Sunday afternoon. And the, um, the cost will be $25, ages 12 and up, and you can pay on the app or the website your um, registration for that, and um, that is going to be uh, a lot of fun for our ladies. So mark your calendar and be ready for that. Amen. Amen. Um, just so excited again about what God is doing, for what God is doing among us. Wasn't that an awesome service on Sunday? I left challenged in my spirit and uh, just just ready to uh, see God do more, but also ready to commit more and be more for the kingdom of God. I'm looking forward to tonight uh, to what God has for us. Um, Pastor is coming to the pulpit to make a few comments. As he comes, would you clap your hands one more time to Jesus in Jesus' name? Thank you, Brother Dave. Great to see everybody here tonight. Thank you for coming, and I uh, appreciate it so very much, you being here, and uh, always look forward to Wednesday night service. I just do. It's a special service, a special time, and tonight will be no exception to that. I uh, have just a couple of more comments before uh, our speaker comes about our Connect groups. Everybody, if you'd listen just for a moment, uh, next Wednesday night, a week from tonight, um, 
I'll be making a presentation about our connect groups for the up and coming semester. Listen very carefully. When I'm finished, this coming Wednesday night, when I'm finished, um, Casey will come. Uh, we're going to give her, I'll be shorter uh, next Wednesday night in my presentation. She's going to come up and go through all the steps with you folks on the new church app. And uh, we're very happy to introduce that. I think everybody's going to love it. It's going to be far more user-friendly uh, than the one we have currently been using. So uh, be prepared for that. And then I would like to, I'd really appreciate uh, all of those of you that were Connect Group leaders in our fall semester, uh, if you consider being a Connect Group leader again, uh, for the spring semester, it'll run from essentially Valentine's Day to Easter Sunday. Um, we will um, start on um, February the 5th, and uh, it will conclude on Easter Sunday. So it'll be eight weeks, and uh, I believe we can accomplish even more this time than we did last time, and I'm real, real excited about it. So if you remember that, especially for next Wednesday night, uh, I don't have to ask you to remember to bring your smart device with you. I don't think I have to ask that. But uh, just remember that you'll need to get connected to probably our Wi-Fi here. will make it a little bit easier. Or if at least you could go ahead and download the app on your phone between now and then. If you go to the Apple Store, um, you would look for Church Center. And then it will ask you which church, and then you just put in Grace Church of Central. If you have any questions or anything about that, you can text or call the church office, and uh, we'll be happy to guide you through that. So remember that. Very important uh, that uh, we do that and get that in place for everybody. Thank the Lord. Uh, would you stand one more time in honor to the man of God? <clears throat> we love and appreciate Brother Aaron Anderson. Uh, he may make some comment about his family not being with him tonight. There's some sickness uh, in their family. Uh, but we were just talking before service when they were with us in 2017. Uh, they asked Sister Merv specifically, Sister Anderson asked her to help us pray that we could have a baby. And um, so they had a little boy who is now around two years old. And not long after that, they had triplets. <clears throat> so be careful what you ask Sister Murphy to pray for. Uh, it just dawned on me, I need to get Sister Murphy really praying hard for revival here at Grace Church. Uh, uh, we have triple here in no time. Thank the Lord. So, thank the Lord. We, we love these folks. have just felt a, a connection with them, a chemistry with them, doing a fantastic work in Brazil, and uh, God has been with them, God is with them, and using them mightily. Let's give him a welcome tonight as he comes to minister to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we give that to the Lord tonight? Amen, because he's worthy. We thank you, Jesus. We love you. We honor you in this place, for you alone are worthy, Father. Thank you, Lord. You can be seated uh, in Jesus' name. It's so good to be back here in Central. God bless you all. We uh, give honor uh, to Pastor Murphy uh, and to this church. Uh, we also give honor to the Lord Jesus Christ, by which we have this ability, amen, to get together uh, one another and to congregate and to feel his presence and to do uh, his will. For those of you who might not have been around, I think in 2017, uh, my wife and I, we came uh, by here. We are uh, the Andersons. I wish uh, my wife was here and all of our babies, uh, you would have saw our school bus pulling up if we were. Um, <laughs> no, it's a minivan, but it's, it's almost like a school bus. Uh, and we're just thankful to be a part of the kingdom of God. Uh, we are so glad to meet your pastor five years ago and his wife and his church. Uh, when we were here, we felt an instant uh, connection. Um, I'm not from around here, but my uh, parents were both born and raised, all my extended family. Uh, here in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and actually my dad went to Central um, High School, so I'm the, I'm the Yankee of the family because I was born uh, in New York, but my entire family uh, is from around here. We just felt an instant connection um, with your pastor and with this church, 
And we're so thankful for churches like this church, amen, uh, that support missions, not just us, but missionaries around the world. Uh, because of your consistent and faithful support, uh, we've been able to do uh, what God has called us uh, to do in Brazil, amen. And we're back in the United States, my wife and I, every four years, five years, we have to come back. Uh, missionaries have to come back and do what we call deputation, uh, which is to raise uh, our funds, projects, partners, and missions. Uh, and that allows us to get back to Brazil uh, quickly. So we just want to thank your church. Amen. You, you can give a hand clap of praise to you. Yeah. Thank you all for your support uh, in missions. When you give to missions, it goes uh, to make such a big difference. Amen. It goes to make such a big difference around the world. Uh, in 2013, my wife and I, we first went to Brazil as Amers, which is Associate Missionaries. Uh, and we had never been to Brazil. We didn't speak the language uh, at the time. Uh, but we knew that God had called us to that nation. And uh, we began to work in that nation and we began to learn the language. And uh, we just fell in love with the nation of Brazil. And we saw uh, the great need that was in Brazil. And when we came back on deputation, our first deputation uh, about five years ago, uh, when we first passed through here, this is actually our first service five years ago, uh, we, we, we um, resolved in our hearts that we wanted to start a church in the nation's largest city, which is Sao Paulo. It's a, a city of about 23 million people that did not have any apostolic work. Uh, we thank God for what's happened. When you see the revival in Brazil and things that have gone on, uh, most of that has been centered around the Amazon Basin, which is in the northern part of Brazil. Uh, to put it into perspective, it's almost as if you were to fly uh, from Miami to Los Angeles. That's how far Sao Paulo is from the Amazon. Uh, it's an over four-hour uh, commercial flight. And because of the great work of missionaries like uh, Brother Benny the Merchant uh, that went to the Amazon some 55 years ago, we now have 600 churches that are in the Amazon Basin. And we have tremendous growth and revival that's happening uh, in the northern part of Brazil. But in the southern part, we have never really experienced any revival. When we first went to Sao Paulo, it was just obvious to us that we needed to start a church here and we needed to come here. And when we went back to Brazil in 2019, we had finished our deputation, the end of 2018, uh, really. Uh, we decided uh, to get to work and to grow the church. And we went to Brazil and, you know, we had a Brazilian children. I'll let that marinate a little bit. When you become a dad, the corny jokes start, right? So the church has definitely grown by four. We could have never imagined uh, what God would do, and uh, the backstory of all of that, as Pastor Murphy touched on, my wife and I were trying, uh, she was unable to have children for over uh, seven years, so you can imagine our surprise when we had four children in two years. Yeah, it, it was a surprise uh, to all of us, but even in these last four years, we've seen uh, God just do amazing things, even with COVID, uh, around the nation of Brazil. So we have some pictures here at the sound uh, team, uh, the media team would put those up. So in the very first step was actually a detour to what we had planned. We said, we're going to go to Brazil and we're going to start a church in the city of Sao Paulo. Well, we actually ended up detouring and uh, starting a church an hour and a half away uh, in the city of Sumare, Sao Paulo, which is about an hour and a half from the city, a city of about 300,000 here in the picture is a young couple named Juarez, Priscilla, uh, their kids, uh, Samuel uh, and uh, Jessica. And this couple, uh, they're good friends of ours. They were starting some home groups, and uh, God was just starting to move uh, in that place. And they had a great vision of what God wanted to do in the city, but they lacked the funding. And I just felt that with God, when he began to talk about the city and show what God was doing uh, in Sumare, that uh, God was calling us to help them uh, get that church off the ground. Uh, and so that's before we started our church that I felt that we needed to just go ahead and sacrifice uh, and see the vision come to pass in Sumare. You can go to the next slide here, and you can see uh, how the church was uh, when we first got there, this building uh, that was there that was abandoned, uh, vacant. Uh, and they had a vision that, you know, we want to work this area and we want to see God move, but it's going to take... Uh, financial investment is going to also take uh, some work from our part. And I just felt that God was testing us and um, almost messing up our plans a little bit, just saying, hey, I know you want to start your church, but you're going to have to start uh, this church first. And you go to the next slide and see 
uh, what God has done in that church. Amen. In the city of Sumare, now we have a great church that is now established. And it's hard work. Uh, I would go up there uh, usually uh, once every week or every other week, uh, and we would do Bible studies, and it was grueling. It was hard work. And for some reason, about two years in, uh, you know, if we don't faint, the Lord's going to bless our work. If, 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 we, if we stay consistent to his word, we stay consistent to his kingdom, he's going to bless uh, his church. And it just seemed like there was a block that was going on that uh, it wasn't breaking. Uh, but then in one week after prayer, after fasting, uh, and after really just uh, uh, believing God for a breakthrough, uh, nine people decided to be baptized at once. And ever since this church has not looked back, you can go to the next slide here. Yes, and this is Elena. This is one of the nine that was baptized in the name of Jesus in the new work uh, in the city of Sumare. And we're thankful that even uh, in that church now, uh, as we were leaving uh, Brazil to come back to America, that that church uh, that we helped start way in the beginning is now uh, starting a, a daughter church. So I kind of joke and I say we had a daughter church uh, before we had a mother church. I don't know how that even works, but hey, this is with God, right? And all things are possible uh, if we'll just follow his word, if we'll follow his will, and if we'll do what he's called us to do. Amen. And then, to go to the next slide, in the summer of 2019, uh, we began services in the center of Sao Paulo, and that was our vision. Uh, we're going to start a church, and we begin to have services uh, in the center of Sao Paulo in a rented um, hotel room. Uh, and, you know, it's hard work. There's no churches to really pull from. Uh, this is the first church that was started in the city um, of Sao Paulo. And we begin to uh, slowly see growth. You can go to the next slide by uh, doing evangelism, street evangelism like this. So this is uh, in an area that uh, Sao Paulo is a very mixed city in terms of uh, uh, rich and poor. Uh, it's 23 million, so it's a little bit larger than New York City. Uh, there are communities that live in abandoned uh, buildings and warehouses and under bridges and just uh, swaths of people. Uh, and we just begin to see God move in those communities because I just knew, and you go to the next slide, if we would reach uh, those that no one was trying to reach, that God uh, would fill his church with his people. Amen. Uh, and we just begin to minister to people's uh, needs. And in that church, in the next slide here, you see us praying for uh, a girl. Her name is Hyani. Uh, she was one of, she was our first convert that received the gift of the Holy Ghost, amen, that was baptized uh, in that center church. When we were doing evangelism on the street, uh, she's only 17 years old, and uh, she was crying. She was on the sidewalk. She had a baby in her arms, and she was pregnant. Uh, she had been kicked out of her house, uh, ran off by her family. She was living in an invaded uh, building, this building that uh, really, it's a one-room uh, living facility that they had to push the bed up against the wall just to have room to enter in, and that's the kitchen, that's the living room, that's the bedroom, that's the bathroom, that's everything. Uh, I mean, it's, 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 it's some of the poorest environment, but can I just tell you that when the Spirit of God touches you, it doesn't matter where you come from, it doesn't matter what your last name is, it doesn't matter how much money is or isn't in your bank account, amen, uh, God can move and touch people wherever uh, they are, and Hyani found uh, the Spirit, and she was filled with the Holy Ghost, and her family began to come to church. The next slide here, we have a picture of Irmão Bento, Brother Bento. Uh, Bento found us, and again, he lived in one of the abandoned buildings. These abandoned buildings, they have uh, thousands of people that live in them. They're uh, high-rises uh, a lot of times, and you have to actually have permission from uh, the drug traffickers to be able to enter into these buildings. And uh, he found us, and he said, I want a Bible study uh, because I just really believe uh, that I need to be baptized and that the baptism needs to be in the name of Jesus. Amen. And we said, yeah, Bento, we can help you out. Amen. And God filled him with the gift of the Holy Ghost. He was baptized uh, in the name of Jesus. And we began to evangelize even those abandoned buildings. Uh, and God began to do a work uh, in the beginning of 2019. You go to the next slide here. And a part of what we do in Brazil is also uh, we, put our, we put the nation into work. So in the country of Brazil, we have 1,200 churches that are spread across the nation of Brazil. Brazil is a large, large nation. It's about the size of the United States uh, of America and land area. If you were to take away Alaska, it's actually larger uh, than, the land, uh, than the size of the United States. It's, if you were to imagine going from Mexico City um, all the way up to Alberta, that's how long the country is of Brazil. 
Uh, it's, it, it's a massive country, and we've seen God just do great things. And a part of what we want to see is Brazil be involved in missions. Because it's not just about the American church reaching the world. It's about every church reaching the world. Amen? And it's about all of us being a part of what God is doing. And Brazil as a country after the United States of America is actually the second largest evangelical nation in the world. Uh, after the United States of America. And they're the second most giving nation in the world in terms of missions in other churches. There are denominational churches that are uh, Pentecostal, that, are, uh, that have some semblance of... Of, of the Pentecostal religion that they've actually started churches in America. There's one uh, church that's based in Sao Paulo that in the last five years they've started uh, 30-something churches in the metropolitan area of Los Angeles even. Uh, so the possibility of Brazil being used uh, to reach the world is uh, really great. So this picture here uh, is actually in the Portuguese-speaking nation of Cape Verde, uh, which is off the coast of uh, West Africa, and it's a Portuguese-speaking nation. Uh, so these nations were colonized by Portugal, as was Brazil, and they still speak Port and they still speak Portuguese. So in 2019, uh, we traveled to the nation of Cape Verde uh, to visit our Brazilian missionaries who had just been established in that nation. So what happens is that there are Brazilian uh, people that have gone through our Bible schools. They've been saved. They've gone through our Bible schools. And they're sent by Brazil, exclusively by Brazil, and maintained by our Brazilian churches uh, in these foreign countries. It's really amazing. In fact, this past year, our Brazilian churches, and this may not seem like a lot to America, but I can tell you it's a lot for us in Brazil, especially going through economic crisis and hyperinflation. Brazil has actually given more than $190,000 just last year in missions. Amen. And that's amazing. And God's just doing amazing things around these Portuguese-speaking missions, um, uh, Portuguese-speaking countries. In this trip, we saw seven receive the, the, the gift of the Holy Ghost in their nation's first conference in Cape Verde. Uh, three were baptized in the name of Jesus as well, and we're thankful for that. Uh, we currently, from Brazil, we have missionaries now that were sent from our Brazilian church to Portugal. We have missionaries in Cape Verde, in Guinea-Bissau, in Angola. Our missionaries in Angola just three weeks ago uh, actually baptized over 80 people in the name of Jesus Christ in just one weekend. Amen. And they're just doing an amazing work over there. We have two missionaries as well in the, island, in the uh, uh, eastern African nation of Mozambique. All of these countries are Portuguese-speaking nations. So we have a unique opportunity uh, as missionaries to Brazil to really see uh, and facilitate what God is doing around the world. And that's, and that's the goal of every nation is to become mature enough so that we can then in turn reach uh, the world. And actually Brazil has plans even uh, because currently in America we have 1.2 million Brazilians that live in America. And most of the Brazilians that live in America are centered around New York City, Newark, New Jersey, Orlando, Miami, and these Nate and these. Uh, uh, areas, but we actually um, have Brazilians that are pastoring Portuguese-speaking churches uh, down in Miami, amen, and we have plans to even have uh, Portuguese-speaking church be raised up in places like Newark, New Jersey uh, for the Brazilian communities that are there, and that's the goal is to help establish churches wherever there are people, uh, and we ask that this church would pray for us. We're planning, there's one nation that the United Pentecostal Church International has not reached yet. It's one of the last 13 countries of the world that's unreached, and it's the nation of Sao Tome in Principe, which is a Portuguese-speaking nation off the coast of Africa. And we're believing, God, when we get back to Brazil, we're going to be able to make some trips there uh, and help establish a work and a church uh, in the island nation of Sao Tome in Principe. Amen? Is that all right? Will y'all pray with us? Amen. Will y'all pray? How many of you know that your prayers make a difference? Amen. Before we go, before we do anything, before we reach out, before we even set our feet anywhere, we have to cover everything we do uh, in prayer because that's the way doors are open. That's the way uh, God begins to move, and he sends his angels to begin to open those doors, to begin uh, to quiet the spiritual opposition that are in these places. And because of prayer from churches like yours, God begins to move. The next slide here, we have, uh, this is myself on my, uh, on on your left here, on my right, is Pastor Jose Hibamar. He's our national president. On the other side uh, is also the district leader, and we're on actually a floating church uh, in the Amazon. On this past term, these past four years, uh, we've been able to help facilitate uh, the construction of two floating churches. 
uh, that are on the Amazon. So it's an amazing project. For about $5,000 U.S. dollars, we can uh, build a church that's uh, about this big. It seats about 120 people. We're now having services in both of these floating churches. Amen. And it's uh, really exciting. You take a boat out there because in the Amazon, there's no uh, interstate systems because it's the world's largest jungle uh, river system tributary. There are parts of the river. You think you know, Mississippi's big. There are parts of the Amazon River that are seven, eight miles wide. <laughs> it's a river, uh, deep, deep, and it floods, uh, you know, up to 40 feet, and it goes down 40 feet in the wet and dry seasons. So we need floating churches in the Amazon, and uh, for $5,000, wouldn't you like to build a church for $5,000, Pastor Murphy? <laughs> that would be pretty amazing, huh? Uh, but for about $5,000, because you don't, nobody can buy the water that's under the river, so it's, uh, it's, it's, it's basically, uh, you can put up a church there for free, uh, and you can just pay for the materials. So we've been able to build these two churches uh, that are on the, on the Amazon River. Uh, the joke is always, if you have a really good service on a floating church, uh, your altar call can also turn into a baptism service. If the church starts to go, you know, it's a floating church. So, uh, <laughs> so if you have really good service, you can just go ahead and baptize them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, and those floating churches are so uh, effective. And the next slide here, we've been able to, you can see two pictures here, uh, travel uh, extensively around Brazil. As I said, it's a massive country. Uh, we, we preached in 2019 uh, many district conferences and seminars, and we've just seen hundreds receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Uh, God just doing amazing things. This is in the northern state of Pará, which is on the side of the Amazon, which is also a part of the Amazon. Uh, very, very poor um, state, uh, but God is moving. There's just such a, a fervor for the things of God, and uh, it's really incredible. Uh, you can see people are just outside of the building. There's no windows. There's no uh, finishing touches on their building at all. Uh, it's just open air, and they just cram into uh, the place. And many times, uh, even when you start preaching, the altars just fill up right when you start preaching because they just don't want to miss out their chance to get into the altar. Oh, that God would shake us. Amen. God would shake us, amen, that we would be able to know and we thank God for beautiful buildings like this with just space uh, that we can worship the Lord. But let's never get complacent, amen. Let's never get complacent. Let's always maintain that hunger, that passion, that fervor for the things of God. Uh, and on the other picture here on your left uh, is a Bible school graduation in Brazil. Uh, the Bible school has been one of the uh, number one reasons of great growth uh, around the country. So currently, and it's different than the American, uh, well, we have Bible schools here in America. Uh, they function almost as purpose institutes for uh, people that are uh, working and they have jobs. They meet all day on Saturdays or they meet at night on Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays. Uh, but currently in Brazil, we have, and the number is right at around 1,500 uh, students that are enrolled in Bible school around Brazil. Uh, and because of the Bible school program, people are graduating, uh, and when they graduate, many times they're going into the harvest, they're starting works, uh, they're going to become missionaries into Portuguese-speaking nations, uh, and just do amazing things. The Bible school is one of the great uh, uh, catalysts of growth uh, for any work, uh, because how many of you know that training is really what we need? You know, I love a good preached message, and I like, and I love teaching, but we also need training, uh, which is having people become, uh, uh, have their capacity reached so that they can go and reach others, so that they can go and be a part of the harvest. And the Bible school is something that we've been a part of. We teach uh, in Bible schools in uh, our state, in the area of Sao Paulo, and uh, now I began this past uh, year and a half actually traveling uh, around South America in the Bible school program, and uh, just seeing what God is doing through the Bible schools is uh, uh, has been an amazing thing. And the next slide here, so you can see coming back into Sao Paulo here, uh, we actually, if you go to the next slide, sorry, uh, we began to uh, start our church in the center of the city of Sao Paulo in the hotel room, and this here is an upper room, and you know, we like upper rooms, amen? Praise God. This is the upper room of someone's house. And when we started the church in Sao Paulo, we felt that God was, uh, was testing us again uh, if we would trust him. Because, again, we had gone and we had passed the first test. We had uh, started that church in Sumare and that got off 
uh, the ground and everything we had invested in that. And now to us, it was our time to start our church. This is our church now, and let's, and let's go and let's start it. Well, once we started our church, uh, there was a family from another neighborhood of Sao Paulo that started coming to our church. Uh, and they kept saying, well, Pastor Aaron, will you come uh, to Brasilândia, which is in the northern zone of Sao Paulo, and uh, start a church there as well? And I was basically saying, well, I'd love to, but honestly, I think starting one church is enough. Pastoring one church is enough. I mean, how many of you have seen two people ride or a person ride two bikes at one time or drive two cars at once? It, it doesn't really turn out good, uh, and it doesn't make sense, especially in the physical, uh, but they kept kind of pestering and I finally said, okay, well, I'll go. He said, yeah, we have an upper room that's at my mother-in-law's house, uh, and they're wanting to have services. Uh, our first service, we went there. There was 45 people that were there. And I just said, okay, God, what are you trying to do? And I said, all right, we'll come back next week, and we'll see what happens, and we'll come back the week after. And they just kept coming back, and we just began to see God move in this area. Uh, you see, in Sao Paulo, it's one city, but there are neighborhoods that function almost as many cities. So we have 99 neighborhoods uh, in the city of Sao Paulo that are like many cities uh, in one city. In Brasilândia, uh, this place here is one of those. It's a, uh, a drug traffic-controlled area, uh, really, where there's almost no... Uh, presence of the police or anything. It's a pretty dangerous area. But we begin to go and believe God and said, all right, we'll, we'll go ahead and we'll, we'll start a church in Brasilândia as we're also going to start a church in the center of Sao Paulo. It seems crazy, right, with God? Uh, sometimes the things that he asks us to do. But we have to have faith and we have to trust God uh, and believe in his word that he's going to see us through. Amen. You go to the next slide here. And at the same time, we begin to open up and we uh, uh, signed in 2020 in March uh, of 2020. We, you know, 2020 vision, right? Woohoo! We signed the contract for the Brasilândia and the Moca Church, which is in the center in the northern zone. And we said, all right, it's time for revival. We had great momentum going for us. Uh, at the time, there was this little cold thing that was going around China. Uh, that was never going to come to Brazil and, or, or North America, obviously. And uh, we were excited. We began to paint. We put the floors in. Uh, we were working. This is January of 2020. My wife, you can see here, she's pregnant with our son, Grant. Uh, we had so many ideas of what God was going to do in 2020. How many of you had great ideas of what God was going to do in 2020? <laughs> and then it just kind of got messed up, right? Well, can I tell you that God's plan is never messed up. It may look messed up to us, but he has a different vision than what we have, Amen. He has a different view of what's going on than what we have. And we have to align our view with his view. You go to the next slide. We uh, opened up as well in Brasilândia. This is how it was. It was a woodworking shop. Uh, I don't know why, but every door we turned to, was there was other places that looked a lot better than this one. And this is the one that worked out. And I said, okay, God, we'll, we'll go ahead and we'll uh, enter into this place. Well, then... Uh, in March, at the end of March, we had one service in the center church. We set up the chairs. We were excited. And then the government decreed a complete lockdown uh, for all of our churches. <laughs> and I was just like, my goodness, I must have really missed the mark on this one because I just signed contracts for two churches. And we have new converts uh, that are not tithe payers, that are not giving in the offering. And you know what? I don't have a lot of money uh, to maintain these churches. But can I just tell you that God's faithful? God's faithful. Uh, there were months uh, during the lockdown, that first lockdown, that we didn't have any income uh, coming into the church. Uh, I think it was uh, May of 2020. I got a call from a pastor in Canada, and this pastor in Canada said, hey, there's a lady in my church. You don't know her. Uh, but she called me and, and said, hey, pastor, do we have a young missionary couple that's in the city of Sao Paulo? And he said, actually, yeah, we do. They're the Andersons, and I know them. They're friends of mine. She said, oh, that's great. Well, I had a dream about a young missionary couple in the city of Sao Paulo, and God impressed this number uh, on my heart to give to them, and I would like to give this to the church so you can pass this on to them. Uh, can I tell you that when that money was given, it was given in Canadian dollars, you know, which are much friendlier dollars than American dollars because you're Canadian, no. Uh, but they're less valuable than American dollars and all of that. Uh, but when you would take the Canadian dollars and translate it over to the Brazilian uh, coin, which is the reais, uh, it came down to the very cent of what we needed to pay both rents for the month of May. Amen. Because God's able, because he's, he's going to keep us if we trust in him, if we obey him, if we walk out in faith, and if we do what he's called us to do. 
so in those lockdowns, uh, you saw those churches. We said, well, we're going to go and just beautify this church, and we're going to do our job. But God just kept moving. The next slide here, you can see uh, the picture of a Bible study with OG and Betsy. Uh, and God began to move in the immigrant community. So we have a lot of Haitian immigrants. We have more Lebanese in the city of Sao Paulo than even in Lebanon. Uh, and God just began to move on uh, their hearts. And in the middle of lockdown, uh, they said, you know what, we really want to be baptized in Jesus' name. So what do we do? Well, we met them uh, and we baptized them in the name of Jesus. And that was in Mocha. There's also in the next slide here. So this here is uh, Hayeli, and she uh, is in the Brasilandia church. Again, in lockdown, we weren't able to have uh, services officially. Uh, she was uh, struggling. She uh, uh, had lung cancer that was very terminal uh, and connected to our church. She called and said, you know, I don't want to leave the world like this. Will you come and give me a Bible study, and will you baptize me in Jesus' name? So this is actually a small kiddie pool uh, there in her garage, and we baptized her uh, in the name of Jesus. And we're just thankful for what God, amen, was doing even in the middle of lockdown. Amen. The next slide here. On the uh, left here, you see his name is Juninho. So that really tore apart room that we were renting that, that, that in Brasilândia, that uh, uh, we, we call a salão in Portuguese. In Portuguese, uh, when we began to rent that, I said, you know, God, why here? It was on a really busy avenue. Buses would pass by and motorcycles pass by and, you know, the churches, all these kind of rooms, they just open right up to the street. So, you know, buses pass by. I mean, I'm, I've almost timed the buses. So when I'm, I'm speaking there, I, I, I'm, I'm preaching and I just wait and the bus goes by. There's a big pothole and it just makes the biggest ruckus you can ever imagine. I'm like, man, this is not really a good location. Uh, but can I just tell you that Juninho here, uh, that's, the, that's the property owner's son. And God began to work on our property owner. And in the middle of COVID, uh, she began to see what God was doing in her family's life. So he started to come down to church. Uh, he knew that his life was messed up. He was on drugs. Uh, he was just uh, drinking himself in bars, silly. But God began to move on his life. He was filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost in 2020, amen, and was baptized in the name of Jesus as well. And God just began to move in that area. In the next slide here. And this is his sister, who's Pauliana, who's the daughter of the property owner. She also received the gift of the Holy Ghost and was baptized in the name of Jesus. And then her other sister came in and was baptized. And then her, uh, her, her nieces started coming, and now she's our Sunday school director. And you get the point. And now her mom is coming down to the church. She lives right above the church, and she comes down. And I just said, well, God, you know what? You know what you're doing. You know a lot more of what you're doing than what I'm doing. So I'm just going to trust you, and I just know that you're uh, doing this for your purpose. Amen. You go to the next slide. And this is the church when we were finally able, our first service, we were able to open back up in Brasilândia and have service. And they're all masked up and everything, and I don't think the social distancing really applies in Brazil. Everybody's crammed in like sardines everywhere you go. But hey, you know what? We had church, amen, and God began to move, and uh, God began to add to his church daily. And can I just tell you that there's no weapon that's formed against you that's going to prosper. So in Brazil, uh, uh, we have uh, insane amounts of witchcraft. I, that, that's the only way I can say it. Uh, uh, there are witchcraft centers everywhere. So across the street from both of our churches are witchcraft centers in uh, both areas, and actually in all the churches that we started, at least four uh, in the past four years. And uh, it doesn't, I, I mean, I can, I can talk about it because, you know, the Bible says no weapon formed against you will prosper, right? And greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Uh, and the God that we serve is a, a much greater God. So before we even started uh, the church and having services, my goodness, uh, the witchcraft centers, there's two of them. Literally right across the street, they begin to set out these little, like, voodoo stuff from the front. Uh, they were burning trash and, like, kind of having it waft into the church. And they were doing these seances and beating on the drums and all of this and it was all going on, and uh, my right-hand guy there, uh, Jesse, who wanted me in the first place to go and start this church, he was like, well, Brother Aaron, what do we do about all of these, uh, these attacks that we're receiving? I said, well, there's only one thing to do, and it's to pray. It's to fast. It's to believe God. It's to take authority and dominion uh, over the spiritual darkness of uh, the air. Can I just tell you, after a week, we began to do a week of prayer and fasting at the church. Uh, you know, hey, I don't like fasting any more than any of you do. Uh, I, I like to eat, and I think we all do. Amen. Some of us like to eat a little bit more than others. But can I just tell you that fasting is still necessary. Amen. It's necessary to gain spiritual dominion uh, and authority over darkness. 
uh, after the week of prayer and fasting, we never confronted them or anything. They were just doing their very best to stop uh, what we were trying to do at the church. After a week, God just stepped in, and I don't know what happened, but they just shut up completely. Uh, the, the noise stopped, the beating on the drum stopped, the figurines stopped, uh, all of this stuff. They were so noisy and loud. All the neighbors uh, were just so annoyed at them, and they started coming to our church and just saying, hey, I don't know what y'all did, but they haven't shut up forever. They've been doing this for a long time, and hey, I'm going to start coming to your church just because you were able to shut them up. <laughs> Say, well, praise God. We'll take you. Amen. And uh, God just began to work. In the next slide here, you can see our Sunday school program just begin to take off in both churches as well. Uh, because we're in Brazil, uh, a lot of times the Sunday school programs, and it's, and it's so sad with their kids that that sometimes would be the only meal that they would eat that day uh, was when they would come to Sunday school. We would uh, give them a meal, a little meal, teach them the Bible, give them some, some juice and things like that. Uh, and even like crayons and uh, coloring books, they were just so, so thankful just to get those in their hand. Uh, I mean, it, it's just so um, humbling, but God just began to work uh, in the lives of our kids, and we just began to see kids even receive the Holy Ghost and their parents uh, coming into church and God doing a great work. You go to the next slide. But again, it all goes back to this. This uh, revival spelt work. It spelt work. And uh, when you see a need, we need to do the best we can do to fill that need. The disciples say, they say, well, Jesus said, well, hey, we, we've never seen you, Jesus, you know, naked or hungry or any of that. He said, well, when you've done this with the least of these, you've done it unto me. Uh, and I don't see any kind of caveat or asterisk that has conditions in that. So I know we can't feed all the homeless in Sao Paulo, but you know what? We can feed some. And I know we can't reach all of the street children in Sao Paulo, but I know we can reach some. And we're going to do the very best in our possibilities and our powers and our might to do what God has called us to do. And we've seen God fill people with the Holy Ghost and street services uh, in the city of Sao Paulo. Amen. You can go to the next slide here. And why is children's ministry so important? The girl here that is on your left, her name uh, is Patricia. So she's from Paraguay. Uh, and she found our church. But the deal was she had been in Brazil for about 20 years. But she was a Sunday school kid years ago with the missionaries, the Burrs, in Paraguay. When she was six, seven, and eight years old, uh, she never received the gift of the Holy Ghost or had been baptized uh, in the name of Jesus. But she just I should believe in, and I just, I want to be baptized in Jesus' name, and my family's a wreck, she had a few kids, uh, she has three kids, and she was believing God for a miracle in her family, how many of you are believing God sometimes for a miracle in your family, uh, and what's amazing, and you know, a lot of times we just say, well, there's a million people got the Holy Ghost, and you know what, that's a number, and that's not a story, but God is interested in the individual transformation of lives, he's interested in changing Alive. He's not, I mean, we, we, we could tell stories about numbers all day, but it doesn't matter if there's no life transformation. But that seed that was planted when she was just a young child, it came to fruition some 22 years later in a pool that set up in front of our uh, center church. And because of that, not only was she baptized, but her kids were baptized, received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Her sisters started coming to church. Her brothers started coming to church. Her mom came in from Paraguay, amen, and received the gift of the Holy Ghost and started coming to church and went back to Paraguay. And God began to move in that family. And on your right is her uh, second cousin, Juan Carlos. He was visiting uh, from Paraguay, and he began to develop a very fast-growing tumor. Uh, he's 18 years old, and she said, will you go and teach him a Bible study? Well, they work in sweatshops uh, in Sao Paulo doing uh, uh, just manual labor, uh, I mean, really just awful labor. So we went up, very narrow staircase, five floors, uh, a room where there's just bunk beds, and this is where Juan Carlos was. We began to teach him not about the name of our church or not about who's the, the superintendent of the district, not about any of that stuff, because honestly, that stuff doesn't even matter. 
we begin to teach him what the word of the Lord says, that you need to be born again of water and spirit. Amen. If not, you will not see the kingdom of God. And at the end of the Bible study, he said, well, I want to be born again of water and spirit. Amen. And he made that decision. Well, at the time, his tumor had grown to the size of almost a basketball. And we had someone go and pick him up. We had to carry him down all those flights of stairs, uh, lay him down in the back of the car. We brought him to the service. Uh, carried him, lifted him up into the pool, uh, set him down. And I just was praying. I said, God, I believe that you can fill him with the gift of, the, of, of your spirit, even in this water. Because, God, I don't know how much time he has left. And when he went down in the name of Jesus, he began to pray. And I just said, Juan, God loves you so much. He, he, he loves you so much. He wants to fill you with his spirit. And as we were praying, I began to see his lip just start to quiver a little bit. And I said, that's what you're feeling is the Holy Ghost. If you'll just give in to that. You've already repented of your sins. All you have to do is just let go and let God fill you. And God filled him with the baptism of the Holy Ghost in the water. Amen. And his mom was there. And it was just this amazing I, and, I, and I could have never have imagined, but three days later, he passed away. And I just said, thank you, God, for giving us that opportunity, that moment in time in which we could see you move. You go to the next slide here. On your uh, right here is Jesse. Uh, he's our pastor now at the Brasilandia Church. Uh, he was my Bible school student. The first time I met him, he was a drunk in the back of the church. But God began to transform his life. Who he's baptizing there? Uh, is his son-in-law, Lucas. But at the time, he wasn't his son-in-law. Uh, he was actually a guy that would uh, just hang around across the street from the church. He wouldn't even, I'd say, hey, Lucas, how are you doing? And he was the guy that would run away from the pastor. You know what I'm talking about? He was one of those guys. But God began to work in Jesse's life, but not just in Jesse's life, but in his family. Uh, and his uh, daughter, who uh, had had a child, uh, wasn't married to Lucas, and Lucas wanted nothing to do with God, uh, can I just tell you that God can still reach, amen, uh, family members that they may not seem like they want anything with God, but God loves, amen, and he reaches, uh, and he will fill uh, someone, and it took about a year, but you know what happened uh, with Lucas there, he received the name of Jesus in baptism, uh, he received the Holy Spirit, and now he's actually our youth pastor at our Brasilandia church, because that's what God does, amen, he transforms Lives And I'm coming to a close here. Uh, if you could go skip to the slide that says the 99 neighborhoods. So what is our goal here? And there are so many stories I could be here all night of what God's done, of miraculous provision, of people that had had, had, had tumors. Uh, and when they came into service at the prayer of faith, they, 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 the tumor disappeared, but not before my eyes, but before everyone's eyes. Uh, that was in the service, things that God is doing. And it's not our goal to maintain until he comes. It's our goal to grow until he comes. Amen. Uh, because it's not enough for us to just receive his name in baptism, be filled with his spirit, uh, and live holy enough, uh, and just make it into the rapture or uh, when we pass away. No, but we have to give fruit. Amen. Each one of us, we have to do his will. So what is our goal? 99 neighborhoods that need a church in Sao Paulo. It's our goal to start churches in the neighborhoods that we have already pioneered these works, uh, to buy land and to build some works, and to also be pioneering new churches in those neighborhoods. You go to the next slide here. And our other uh, job and responsibility when we go back to Brazil this time uh, is to continue promoting growth and revival in the Portuguese-speaking nations of the world, like Brazil, Cape Verde, Portugal, uh, Portugal, Guinea-Bissau, Equatorial Guinea, São Tomé and Príncipe, which does not have a church, Angola, Mozambique, and Timor-Leste, uh, which is over by Australia and is a Portuguese-speaking nation. We're believing God uh, that we're going to see great revival uh, in the Portuguese-speaking nations of the world. And our last goal here, and I'm ending, if, uh, is to also continue to promote Bible school development and training uh, around Brazil and also around uh, the nations of South America. I'm the uh, GATS, is the Global Association of Theological Studies. It's the educational arm of the United Pentecostal Church International. Uh, and this is what trains uh, leaders in all of our countries. And we're seeing tremendous growth, uh, but there are still so much that we need to do. These are seminars uh, that we held in, in Ecuador, uh, in Ecuador, and we held in uh, Argentina, uh, Bolivia, and all around South America. When I thought I had learned Portuguese and I was good to go, God said, well, you got to learn Spanish now. So I began to have to learn Spanish as well. So if you're going to pray for us, I wonder if you can come to a stand here. If you're going to pray, not just for us, but for Brazil. Because how many of you know that we're blessed when we become a blessing? Amen? 
You know, there's no secret sauce to revival, uh, to what God wants done. It really just depends on you and me, and it depends on our willingness to abandon, our willingness to do his will and his work. Because look at me here, and I want to be just the, the guinea pig for all of you. I'm a nobody from nowhere with no name. But you know what I decided to do? I decided to just say, God, if you can use anything, you can use me. God, what do you want done in this world? I'll do that. And can I just tell you, if you become busy about the business of God, you're not going to have to worry about finances. You're not going to have to worry about your family, your health, or any of these things. Because why? You've put the kingdom of God where it needs to be, which is at the very top of everything. I wonder if you can close your eyes. And I wonder if we can lift our hands all across this place. I feel him moving. And I wonder if you can just begin to lift your voice with me and just say, God, I want to be used in these last days. God, help us, Lord, to reach like we never reached before. Oh, God, help us, Lord, to move and trust in you and to believe in you and to believe in your word and your purpose, God, that you have a call in everyone's life that is here. In the name of Jesus. Na autoridade da sua palavra e o poder em nome de Jesus Cristo, nós oremos em nome de Jesus. Que o Senhor enche esse lugar com tua presença, com tua glória. Hallelujah, God, that your presence, Lord, would be permeating in our lives, that we could be witnesses unto you, that we can experience, God, this great end-time revival that you have planned for Central and Baton Rouge and United States of America and Brazil and Santo Tome and Principe and all around the world. Help us to be a part, God, of what you are doing, God. We ask, Lord, that in the name of Jesus we pray. We ask, God, that you would take away the fear and the intimidation that would keep us uh, hidden and keep our talents hidden beneath the earth, but that we would be able, God, to trust in you that as we begin to work, that you will multiply the talents, that you will give us the words to say, that you will give us the energy and the wherewithal to do your work, God, because this is your kingdom. It's not mine. It's yours. And in everything, we give you thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. And can everybody say, in the name of Jesus. Come on, one more time. In the name of Jesus. I wonder if we can give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank you, everyone. In Jesus' name. feel the presence of the Lord here tonight. Uh, when our last missionary was here uh, just several weeks ago, uh, it just seems like the Spirit of the Lord settled in on that service as well as it's doing that here tonight. And um, I believe God's talking to our church. Uh, he, he started meddling a little bit towards uh, in the last three or four minutes he was in the pulpit with what I want to talk to you about this coming Sunday and uh, just kind of a huge affirmation to me but I uh, love and appreciate Brother Anderson doing a, an amazing job and I've always been thankful for people who will I call it giving up things here but they don't always look at it that way they get far more fulfillment in their land of ministry their place of ministry than they ever would here but I so love and respect and appreciate men and women who are willing to take the gospel to people they don't know, they've never met, have to learn their language. Now he's having to learn another language. Um, and they're willing to do that, willing to do whatever it is that God wants them to do. And you saw on the screen tonight what God does for people who are willing to do what God wants them to do. I wonder what we could put on the screen here at Grace Church about what God is doing around Central and all of our areas where we live, if we had that kind of willingness and that kind of a commitment, I think it's a, a worthy question to ask ourselves. But I feel inspired tonight before we conclude. I like that riverboat idea thing. <clears throat> and it's not a casino. Amen. You don't go there and lose your money. You can give a little bit of money, but you'll come back away with a whole lot more than money could ever buy. That's, that's for sure. And um, I think I remember him saying for about $5,000, you can build one of those boats. I don't know if that's what the needs are, but um, why don't we do that here tonight? Um, why don't y'all sit down for a minute? I think we can raise $5,000 here tonight. I know we're just past Christmas. Y'all sit down. Sister Murphy, get out a pen and paper. 
Sister Murph and I will start out. We'll give 500 uh, to this amazing cause. Uh, and if y'all would want to use it for something besides a riverboat, then you do whatever you need to do with it. But uh, y'all help me out here tonight. How many will help us build, build this project? 1,000? Thank you, Brother Dave. Sister Eton, 1,000? Thank you all. So this is Grace Church. Sister Nixon, 1,000? Um, 500? Brother Tommy, thank you so very much. Brother Steve, I can't. 200? Thank you so much. Brother Donnie, 500? Thank you so very much for that. Sister Wanda, 500, where are we? It's 500 from Sister Wanda. Brother Darren, 500, thank you so very much for that. Brother Billy, 500, thank you so very much. Sister Sarah, 200. God bless you, Sister Sarah. Thank you for that. Sister Deidre, 100. Thank you all so very much. Sister Sheila, 100. Ethan, 100. Thank you, Ethan. God bless you for that. Thank the Lord. Rachel, 100. Thank you all so very much. Sister Becky, 200. Thank you all. Grace Church, you all are always amazing. Shane, 200. Thank you for that. Brother Wayne, 200, thank you so much. Jason, 200, Jonathan, 200, Brandy, 100, thank you so very much. Um, Y'all are giving sacrificially, we're just past Christmas. Sister April, 100, thank you so much. Grace Church is amazing. Thank you all so much for that. Sister Murph, where are we? 8,500? Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Um, how about, uh, is 30 days okay for you to turn that in? Do you need longer? Is 30 days okay with everybody? Kind of like a business meeting, all in favor say aye. All opposed? So I don't hear anybody. So there you go. Thank the Lord. I can't see who that is. Finley, how much? A hundred? Is that what I'm seeing? Finley, one hundred dollars? How old is Finley? How old are you? She's 13. Ella, a hundred? Allison, a hundred? Our young people, thank you, Joseph, $10. Thank you very much. Young people need to be involved in it. They need to be involved in it. And God will bless you for that. The, the saying has been road hard for years, but you can't outgive God. You just can't do it. This is amazing, absolutely amazing. So where are we now? We'll take a minute. We, we have time for this. $9,010. Thank the Lord. This is wonderful. Thank you all so very much. I'll tell you what we'll do. Grace Church will throw in a little bit. Let's just make it an even 10000 How about that? That we'll commit to Brazil to help you guys. Thank the Lord. Love, brother and sister Anderson. Thank the Lord. Thank y'all so very much. And as much as we give to them financially, please, please pray for them. Please pray for them. And I believe you're praying for them. God doesn't let that go unnoticed. I believe God can do some great things here as well. Thank the Lord. So you, you do well for others. God's going to take care of you. And that's a biblical principle. So uh, let's keep them on our prayer list. 
we'll stay in touch with them. Uh, Sister Murphy stays in touch with them for sure because of that mighty prayer she prayed that was answered so beautifully. Thank the Lord. They, they may not solicit her prayers <laughs> only for certain things. We'll, we'll just put it that way. Thank the Lord. God bless you, Grace Church. Love you all deeply. Love you all deeply. Thank the Lord. You can be dismissed from your seated position, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you all Sunday morning. God bless you, and thank you very much. Just to bow down before